You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, and Ryan's here. Hi. Great episode last week. Thanks for listening. If you didn't listen to it, uh, you know, it's it's one of those episodes that's just so damn... I, I really think it's amazing. I've gotten so many... In fact, Jason Isaacs, who that interview is going to come up early next year, you know, Lucius Malfoy and the Patriot, he was the bad guy, and great actor I worked with in Sweet November, he said... I just love the. I'm not going to do an English accent. I just love the uh, the episode with Tim Omenson and Selma Blair. It was just, it really was. It was touching. And uh, so, if you haven't listened to it, it's last week's episode. Go back and listen to that one. I think you'll really dig it. And uh, um, yeah, it's nice when you do an episode that you know touches people in a, in a certain way. Yeah. So that was cool. And kudos to, of course, Ryan, my amazing editor, for putting it together. You know, it was moving to to watch again. Well, actually, I mean, because I sit over here and I can't see what they look like and I can only just hear it, but it's it's sort of like, yeah, it's a, it's a new experience getting to see what they're, what they look like and how it's being delivered. Yeah. So real bit, real quickly, a big shout out. You guys came to uh, my uh, concert, our band Sunspin. We played on stage at which we do the last Saturday of every month, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. shows Pacific Standard Time. It was a packed crowd. It was great. We did Zooms. We played music. And the big winners, give a shout out. Here it is. Claudine Newman, uh, Top Bitter, uh, Team Rogue Flask, and Shannon Hagerman. Shannon and Claudine, thank you guys so much for uh, supporting the music, supporting the music, supporting the podcast. And also a very big shout out because I didn't, I forgot to give a shout out to this person who had won Top Bitter for the Stagets a couple of weeks ago. And that's Leanne Pritchett. Leanne! Leanne Pritchett. Is that a big enough shout out for you? Thank you so much. Clap hands, clap hands. Yeah, my mommy's just saying clap hands, clap hands till daddy comes home. Daddy has money and mommy has none. That's what she used to sing. And then she used to sing, do you want your real mother to come? And I'll leave. And I was like, well, that's kind of mean. We don't have to get into the psychology of that. Uh, I want everybody to know that uh, when you go to Inside of You store and you get like wine glasses or shirts or whatever on the uh, Inside of You online store, I box all that shit up. And my patrons who are in the top tiers, they get merch every three months. So I pack a box of goodies and I write a little note personalized and, and a little something extra this time. But I freaking packed 30 boxes, 80 envelopes. I mean, hours. I want you to know how much I, I dig in. I appreciate the patrons. If you want to join patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash inside of you. And uh, join Patreon. It's amazing. I always write you a little note after you join. And uh, there are many different tiers. And you get to ask questions to guests and things like that. And inside of me, where you ask me questions and uh, occasional Zoom and lots of cool things. Lots of great things. And um so join Patreon. But thank you all patrons. I, I packed it up. I took it to the post office. I stood in line for 40 minutes and uh, I did it all. So clap hands for me, Ryan. Clap hands for me. What are, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, if for subscribing, what should they do? I hope you guys all subscribe. Please, uh, I say it every week, but uh, it really helps the show. So subscribe on YouTube or um, go to uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all those things you could uh, also but it helps when you subscribe and, and listen to the show, Ryan. And go to at Inside of You Pod on Twitter and at Inside of You Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. That is correct, my friend. That is Instagram. correct. By the way, the uh, the band Sunspin, uh, we're working our logos. We just had a photo shoot and uh, we're going to have sites put, uh, you know, the Instagram and all that stuff put up soon. 
and uh, I'll let you know about it, but look out for it. Our music's coming along. We've got like 10 songs. The album's going to probably be done hopefully in the next month. And um, then we got to make CDs and stuff like that and all this other stuff. We're really pumped. It's a lot of fun and we're going to have some merch and stuff eventually as well. So, um, and a big shout out to all the patrons out there who support the show, who give extra support and thank everybody for listening. So great guest today. Um, I I've known him for a long time, but he, uh, you know, you know him from Serenity and Firefly and Castle and been, been everywhere. And it was a real joy talking to him finally. And, uh, one of those guys I've known for a long time, but I really don't talk to you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a joy talking to him, and a lot of people wanted me to get him on the, on, the, on the show, and it's taken me a long time. But finally, he said yes, and uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. It's called... It's called? It's called. It's called Inside of You. Mm-hmm. This is Nathan Fillion. Let's get inside of the great Nathan Fillion. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You. Michael Rosenbaum Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. When I go about you, I just can't get in my mind. I just can't get enough. Just can't get enough. You son of a bee, Nathan Fillion. Look at your mustache is perfect. I, you know what? Uh, it's my first. I'm I'm nearly fifty years old. I turned forty nine uh, this spring. It's my first mustache ever, ever. And uh, right now, I mean, nobody sees it. It's just for shock value. When I first see my friends uh, for the first time in a little while, they go, "Oh." Well, I was gonna say, why do you look so much more handsome than me? But there's a reason for that because you are. But B. Your camera system, one thing about Nathan that you don't know is many years ago, I was, uh, I was at his house on Hill, I lived on Hill Slope, Studio City, and you lived right near me. And uh, I remember talking, I go, yeah, I just shot, shot this wiffle ball game video because my friends and I am playing Indiana. You go, welcome to my house. Let's edit it. I'm like, oh, what? And we sat down at your computer for, I think it was like 10 hours. Well, I, yeah, I said, ah, oh, we'll be done in like an hour and a half, two hours max. And we were there till, oh my God, it was after midnight. We were ordering food. We were drained. <laughs> but I mean, it was, iMovie had just come out. Yeah. So you could, you could do your own things, but you had to put in clips uh, slowly because it couldn't handle vast amounts of. The rendering. Yeah. yeah. But, How you doing, buddy? How I'm you doing? doing well, man. I, you know, I miss you and I. Uh, I've been doing all right. You know, I talk about that, you know, every, everybody's going through their own shit. So it's like, you know, you, no one could complain. I mean, I'm very grateful. I've learned. And, and by the way, I think you're an example of that. You're someone who's always been incredibly grateful. The Nathan that I know is just been always been very, I mean, when you come to, uh, uh even like a James Gunn, will throw a, you know, a name drop, but you know, we're mutual friends with him for a long time. And I'll have a gathering and you'll bring something over. You bring me a gift at a party. No one does that. Like I'll have an event and you'll come over and go, hey, this is for you. I got this. You're just so thoughtful. And I'm like, is he human? That's something I got. My mom uh, taught me that. But uh, she says, if someone has uh, invited you to their home, you bring the host a gift. You say, thank you. Thank you for having me in your home. Here's a little gift. It doesn't have to be much, but it's just to say it's a something. It's a, it's a bottle of wine. It's, it's whatever it is. It goes a long way. Yeah. I'll say and that she has, a, she has a gift closet, by the way, so she doesn't have to go out and get one. She just goes to the closet. So I have a gift closet down the hall when I go to Michael. No, you house. don't. You have a closet with gifts there already that you're like, oh, Rosenbaum would like this. So you how much time do you just accumulate a closet full of things? 
Yeah, so I I love gadgets and gizmos and things that are cool and make my life better. Just little little things, little tiny things. And I say that's a good that's a game changer. Uh, oh my god, I never knew my iPhone cable is uh, terrible because it's only it's not ten feet long. I need a ten foot long iPhone cable. I do like, too. It's life changing, man. It really is. I'm on my you know I sit you know I you're sleep. tethered to wherever it's charging. If you have to get on something, it's like you, you're limited to where you can be. Well, get a, a little battery, a little something, anything. I I say, oh, I find something like that, and I just say, oh, this is amazing. This this helps me. I'm gonna buy five more, and put them in the closet. Wow. Maybe I should do that. Just have a closet full of presents for my family and friends. And oh shit, I forgot to give them this two years ago. Yeah. You ever done that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. I once sent something uh, to my brother. Jeff. To, uh, yes, to Jeff. You met Jeff. Of course. Love uh, Jeff. To give to my mom for something and, and it didn't arrive in time. And, uh, and and so I got her something else. And uh, I don't know how many months later, uh, it was Mother's Day or her birthday. Like there's one or the other. And she, he's telling me on the day, oh, it's her birthday day. I'm like, I, I forgot. What am I going to, and he goes, don't worry. I've got that thing in the closet that you ordered here from something. I've already had it wrapped and it's ready to go. Like, he's, <laughs> he's clever too. Well, you know, man, I look, I mean, your body of work is just like, I, you know, Nate, you're always doing something and it's hard to understand too. I, I envy you not, not only cause you work a lot of it. It's not about that. It's more about the energy. I look at like all the things you do and like you go from seven seasons on castle. And I thought you'd learn your lesson and say, that's enough work. That's enough work. I was the lead. And then you go into the rookie and then you're doing all these other things. And is it, is it that you love, I've asked this question every once in a while, but is it that you love the work so much that you just want to work or is it that you don't want to be not working or you don't like being alone? What, what is, is there some kind of uh, psychological thing there or is it just, you love work? I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I am not the guy who has to spend all my time working. I like a, a balance. I do like a balance. I have been fortunate enough that uh, there's been a couple of jobs that have kept me working for long periods of time. So it may appear from the outside that I, I really like to work. That's just luck of the draw of being on some jobs that, 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 that tend, tend to last a little while. That's not usually the, uh, the, how it works, you, which is, you know that. You know that. How many years was small? Well, small I did though? seven, but remember... Tom oh, was that all? Tom was in every episode. Like you were in every episode. So how do you have free time? Because the one thing, if I had two weeks off, I'd be worrying about my lines for the next script. Uh, I yeah, on Castle it was a little different because I I didn't have a lot of time off. So I was really precious with my time off. I wasn't trying to work outside of of, of Castle. Uh, as far as how do you remember your lines? My first gig was a soap opera. I heard. And they days of our lives, one life to live. One life to live. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Yes, thank you. And uh, they sent me to an acting coach, and she said, "You already know how to act. I'm just going to teach you how to break down a script so you can remember your lines." And she taught me a way that I use to this day. I used to do it painstakingly, you know, on paper and pen, and have to study and do those. Things. But now it's just a it's just a muscle. Wait a minute. So there's a trick to the thing. There's a there's a breakdown a certain way to learn them that helps you. I mean, I I just. No one ever taught me anything. I mean, I took acting classes and then I got did a lot of plays, but I just went over and over and over and over and stressed myself out. There's an right. easier way to do it, something that's... What is your process? When you start with a character, where do you start and how do you get to your character? How do you find things? Like, what is your, you have a process, right? Yeah, I feel like, okay, this is what I want to do. And now once I feel like I got this, I t or sometimes I tend to learn the lines first and then find the character in the lines and learning. 
So yeah. it's a different thing, but I always am curious about how people do that. Because when you're on Castle and you're on Rookie and you're doing these movies, are you the guy that wakes up and they're like, uh, Nathan, do they say Nate or do they say Nathan? Uh, both. Okay. Do they say, can I get you a coffee? And you're like, yeah. And then you learn lines right in the chair? Yes. Yes. I'm reading the lines in the chair. Um, then you go in, you do a camera rehearsal, you do a couple rehearsals, you know, like that, and you get a, a little bit of a layout. So that educates you. And then how other people are doing their lines and where that kind of life lives, that educates you a little bit. Then you go, okay, I got it now. And then you run it a couple more times as you're getting changed. And that's all you need, really. And then you're just, then you're just running it and running it and running it. And if you make a mistake, they go back. It's not like you have to be amazing and perfect every time, all the time. But there's got to be a speech that you have to give it. You know, I might need to go over this the night before. Uh, I won't lie to you. I had like a three page, it wasn't a monologue, but it was, there was a lot to say. And that's, it's a lot for even me. And I'm, I'm good at that part of it, but that was a lot. And, uh, at that point you do feel some responsibility. If you make a mistake, you're the one holding things up. And that's just the one thing I never want to be is the, is the one people are waiting on. Just, just be ready. There's a lot of time in the day that you can use. When it's your time to work, just be ready. Do you get frustrated with other people if they don't know their lines? Uh, listen, sometimes people get nervous and they don't have the, pr I have so much practice. I have so much practice. Uh, I think folks come and their stakes are a little higher when they're a guest star. Sometimes the stakes get higher and if they make a mistake, they feel terrible. And I say, hey, uh, if you feel like super duper bad about messing up a line, it'll educate the crew that maybe I should start feeling bad when I mess up a line. And <laughs> I don't want them to have that kind of expectation. Of I believe that you do that because I've heard that you do that where you've been on set and you're just very comforting to guest stars and things. And, and, I, and I've done that before too, because coming into someone's family and expecting to be, it's so intimidating. And I've been fortunate enough not to have to do that. So, you know, not to be a guest star. I mean, I every once in a while, but to come in on a show that's already rolling, let's go. And they're like, I have to be great. I have to be great. Here's Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Shit, he's the lead. He's watching me. I have to impress him. I, I, well, I can't tell you what they're thinking. I do know that uh, to be a guest on a show is a is an art. It's you have. It's like being a guest in someone's house. You want to be relaxed. Listen, I want people to be relaxed in my home. When people come to my my place of work, I want them to be relaxed there too, because that's when they're going to do their best work. When they feel like they can trust everyone enough there that they can try something and fail and it's okay, that's where I want them to be. That makes perfect sense. Have you ever been one? Because I've always you're you always seem together. You always seem like you have it going on. You're professional. You're kind. Do you ever have you been on sets or in the past? Have you freaked out? Have you have you gotten so nervous or you can't get something or you were so worked up about something? Any job where you're just like I, I remember that and that was uncomfortable. Yeah. I never. What was it? Yeah. I, uh, saving private Ryan. I had one job. I come in and go, yes. They say your brothers are dead and I have to cry. And that's all I have to do. That's it. Just do it. And I was just, there was, it was a, it, my first, it was my first movie and it's a world war two period piece. And they flew me to London and I'm looking at the ticket and the ticket costs more than I'm making to do the movie. And I'm, I just can't even understand. And the hotel I'm staying in is beautiful. And I've never been to London before. And the time change, I, I was i was beside myself. Everything's going on. And there's all these huge movie stars around me. And they go, go. And I'm supposed to, okay. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. Well, can't they blow vapor in your eyes? 
I'm sure they can, but this is a Steven Spielberg movie. I'm not interested in cutting any corners. I'm really not. I'm Did he come and talk to you like, uh, Nathan? Uh... Steven Spielberg came and took me aside and, I, and he said, great job. And I said, I don't, I'm not even, I don't, I'm not even crying. I can't even, I can't get there. And he said, listen, we're, we're so far away on the lens. It, it doesn't matter. There's five of us in that video booth. We all bought it. What I'm hearing you saying is that wherever it is here, it's not coming out here from the heart to the to the outside world. So let's talk about it. And he spends maybe two, three minutes talking to me about. I tell him my homework and he says, OK, let's change this and this. And what if it's this? And now think about this and now turn that camera of your mind's eye around. And who's looking at that? And all of a sudden, oh, my God, it's just it's tragic and it's awful. And I start crying listening to him. He says. You look ready. How do you feel? And off we go. You couldn't stop me from crying. I cried 17 times that day. That's so freaking weird because I, you know, that, that was my first moment on, on a movie was I had to cry with, with Clint Eastwood. What movie was that? Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. And Clint Eastwood, that, the first scene, they ended up cutting the scene because they didn't really need it. But I, it was John Cusack, Kevin Spacey. Uh, Clint Eastwood's there. And I remember the same thing. I'm listening to Fleetwood Mac because it reminds me of something in childhood. And I'm trying to listen to music and get in the moment. I'm so into it. I'm so stressed. And I'm probably doing what you were doing, just trying to, whatever, I got to get there. Spending hours on just a cry. And Eastwood comes up to me and he just sits next to me. And he just starts pretending to cry. He just goes. (laughs) And I look at him and I go, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm just trying to loosen you up, Michael. I go, well, I guess just let it happen. It'll just, it will happen. You just let it go. And when you're ready, when you're ready, we'll roll. That's it. It's not. It just, it amazes me that that giant cowboy, that giant rock of a man is artsy. Oh, and he, when I heard, you know, he doesn't call action. He didn't. He goes, he looked at me and he just, I looked at him and he just goes, he gave me a thumbs up and I gave him a thumbs up and he goes, Jack did the roll Jack sign. Green. Jack Green, the roll sign, and he started rolling camera. They moved in. Did it goes, Well, how'd you feel? I go, I don't know. How'd you feel? He goes, Well, I felt pretty good. And I go, You want another? But we're good. And we did another, and that was it. It was just, you know, and, and that says a lot. It says about two great directors. It says also back to what you're saying about with guest stars, comforting someone, just saying, Hey, we're human. It's okay. Let's just do this. It's not as much pressure on you. You're capable. You're here for a reason. And when you're comfortable, you could do a lot more. You know, when you're freaking out, it's hard to get the job done. So I've guested in places where I look around and I say this, the community here is broken. And I can't focus. All I can think about is just get me out of here. Let me do my lines, do my scene. Let me go home. That's all I'm thinking about. Get me out. Get me out. I can't wait till I'm gone. And I'm not doing good work at that point. I'm uncomfortable. I don't trust anybody. When has that happened? Early in my career. Early on. Wow. I mean, as a leader of a, of a show, do you tend to just try to do, I mean, you've got to do your best to cut. You got to be the leader. You got to try to have fun. If everything's tense, things aren't going to be as good. I, I, I don't think it's even that much. Like you have to be a leader. You just have to be it. Just, just be nice. Just be nice. Just be polite. Just be nice. Just be decent. Just be, just be kind. Well, you That's- talked about your mom. She's kind. She's talking about gifts. Always bring a gift. Were your parents just really supportive and always behind you and just... Uh... Absolutely, absolutely. They were dying for me to show interest 
in any direction. <laughs> Honestly, when I was a kid, I had I had really no wants or thoughts about what I was. I had no plan, uh, and they were just always very very encouraging. And if I found something that 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 you know tickled me, they would encouraged me absolutely yeah but you didn't want to be an actor at first you wanted to be maybe a did, did you want to be a teacher is that right well acting it was a pipe dream i mean i, I was from edmonton alberta i was this it's not a success oriented career in the first place never mind in my hometown there's just no nobody's gonna look at you and go <laughs> perfect great plan <laughs> but uh i was already on the road to becoming a teacher i felt if i have a degree at the very least no one can shake a stick at that and so I was pursuing a degree, and then just before I graduated, I, I, I the acting panned out. I moved to New York. Were you popular in school? Athletic? I looked athletic, <laughs> but I was into comics. So I there was the the gap. I could bridge that gap. I hung out with all the kids at school. I was, I was, I had a great time in high school. I really enjoyed my high school experience. I, I met a lot of neat kids from all over the strata. I didn't stop at you know, just one click or... Do you still talk to anybody from the old days? High school days? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Do people come out of the woodwork and say, hey, could you sign something for my brother? Or do you get that sometimes? I don't, I don't get a lot of that. No, no, I don't get a lot of that. I went to my 25-year high school reunion not too long ago. Um, I think it was 25 years. <laughs> they, they took a couple of years together. It was a small high school. And, and so they took a couple of years and they said, everybody, we're having like a big reunion with all these years. And what was that was like? Great. It was fantastic. It's just the people that I knew in high school. It was like I, this girl from my French class used to sit next to me in French class all the time. Uh, she came up to me. She goes, well, I know everything that's going on with you. So let me catch you up on me. I've got two kids. I'm married and have, a, and she just goes on, but she's hilarious. And she's just the same person she used to be. I enjoyed high school. Were you single when you went to this reunion? Were there any single women that you're like, Hey, <laughs> was like, I'm going to quit my acting degree. Romance. I'm going to move back to Alberta. I found her. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, that wasn't that deal. No. Most people were married. Probably kids married. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think so. I think most of them were, yeah. <laughs> but you had a good Nothing time. happens after high school. People typically, typically they marry off and whatnot, yeah. Just, I haven't, uh, just not me yet. Inside of you is brought to you by Netflix. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Friday, May 3rd, only on Netflix. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. This is an amazing platform. I use it on both podcasts. It has worked wonders for me. It's so amazing how easy it is to navigate. If you want to sell products, t-shirts, soap scents, whatever, whatever it is, Ryan, you want to sell, 
This is the way to do it. Uh, you can see what your best seller is right there, analytics, uh, how much you're making this month, uh, what products are selling the best. It's really fantastic. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. What was the big thing you got that you just it lit up your parents' eyes. You could tell, like, well, holy crap, our our son's done something right here. So uh, I, I was comparing stories with some friends uh, a little while ago. When did you make it? When do you feel that you made it? Like, when was your here I am? And right. for me, it was every next step I took. I thought, well, I made it clearly. <laughs> One life to live. I've made yeah. it. Yeah, and then I'd put something in the distance, like if I can get on the Late Show with David Letterman, if I can get on David Letterman, I I'll have made it. And then you, and then I did. It happened. I, I dream come true. I couldn't <sighs> believe it. And then you set another goal, and you say, if I get, I'll make it. Then I, then I'll have made it. I need to go to your psychiatrist, or if you don't have one, I need to go to you. I need to pay you to talk because we just come from two different places. You know, when I first got my first show in um, in L.A., uh, I thought I had made it. I drove cross country with all my guys. We wore overalls, and we said we're not changing our overalls till we hit Vegas. We had a I had a Volkswagen we were bus. The Midnight Runners. I get we were Dexy <laughs> Midnight Runners. What was the big hit? Come on, Elaine, in a van again, dream. Uh, so we, yeah, we so we changed all our clothes in in Vegas, and we drove out there, and I go, I've done it, man. I I this kid from small town. Went to New York, did some off-Broadway shows, and now he's got a TV show, and I thought, everything changes now. And I wasn't the lead. I was like the sixth lead, and I had, you know, not that... Well, it was ranked like 130 out of 132, one of the worst shows on television. <laughs> well, and, 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 by the way, I, thank you. I, I, but here, And you know what's funny is it wasn't just no one paid attention to me. It was that my parent, my family, my own family would even talk shit about it. They would say, God, that show looks just awful, doesn't it? Do they shoot that on? What do they shoot that on? I'm like, uh, video? I, I don't. It's like, oh my gosh, it's just the dialogue is just awful, isn't it? I'm like, oh my God, this is, I have not made it. This is. And so I feel like I was always trying to get ahead. I'm like, okay, what about this show? Oh my God, we're on the subways, wherever they canceled. Uh, so it's always like, and I find that now that I'm 48 years old and I'm like, well, Michael, it's not about what you're doing. It's about how you feel inside and what you feel that you've done and your accomplishments. And what is that, Mr. Hand? What is it that you've done? I don't know why I started talking like that. But 
My point is, how do you differentiate? Do you get frustrated in the thought of like, oh man, this didn't become this? Or, oh, in, in terms of how successful it is, is that, do you feel better when it's more successful? I mean, I don't know. I see what you mean. Um, I mean, early on in my career, I had a couple of things happen that uh, allowed me some perspective as far as managing expectations. So I hope for the best. I plan for the worst. Listen, I'm doing that now. I have that attitude now, finally. I go, hey, I'm 150,000 people listening again this week. Great. Right. If they don't, right. I'm not. There's, I'm just doing it. I love it. I whatever. There's a few things that are within your control. Yeah, absolutely. and there are some things that aren't. And if you can, if you can determine the difference, and then just focus and just worry about the things that are within your control. It's it's listen. I talk about it like it's easy. Oh, all you got to do is, but it's it's not easy. And I, you know, you have to catch yourself all the time. And it's a constant process. But if it's outside of your control, let it go. If it's within your control control it if you want to do a great job on an audition you can't control what they think but you can control your part you can control the audition you can control your preparation you can control your character choices you can control uh, just be prepared yeah just be prepared man if it's that important be prepared that's in your control Jesus. Um, so it's so as easy as success goes yeah. how can you not look at your career and say oh my god how fortunate am i i mean make a list of all the actors in the industry and then just highlight the ones that have been on a television show for seven years the list becomes dramatically shorter it's not easy so you have already accomplished something that it's nigh impossible to do and so much of that is outside of your control you didn't know that today was going to be therapy for me did you because this is what the show is a lot of times it's it's therapy for me you know that i think <laughs> all of us sometimes i mean i think we're as culturally i think we are sort of told hey 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 like don't play it down a little bit just, just back up a little bit when you talk about yourself don't pump yourself up so much nobody wants to it's bragging if you talk but it's not bragging or uh egotistical or selfish in any way to take inventory of your accomplishments what you have done and what you were able to do and qualities that don't deny oh i'm not so nice no you know how kind you are take an inventory you are where you are because of the choices you've made and the person you are. You are a success. And sometimes it's important that we do take those inventories. And I think that's what we're doing right now. We're just taking a little inventory. Yeah. Thank you. Do you, do you get anxiety? Have you suffered from any depression? Have you dealt with things that you have to get help for? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, good. As a kid, I, I had, mean, not uh, good, I, but I had that seasonal disorder where you, I get depressed in winter. If I don't see sun for a long time, I just, it, 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 it takes me physically. It, it, it pulls me down. Uh, now they have those beautiful uh, lights, these uh, full spectrum lights. That if you're in Vancouver for months at a time when it's raining, turn on one of these lights a couple times a day, get your vitamin D, get your, you know. You have those your, lights. Oh, heck yeah, you do. God bless. I'm going to get the lights for me. I'm going to get the setup for the. I got know. them in the gift closet. <laughs> I mean, but when you get depressed, when you get anxiety, where does your mind go? Do you, do you get like, 
what do you get down on yourself? Do you get down on like, what, why am I here? Do you get existential? What, what is it that, that gets you down and, and what do you do about it? I, I'll, I'll worry and I'll stress and I'll, um, I'll close off a little bit and I'll withdraw. I'll withdraw. I'll be cranky and I'll withdraw. Um, it just takes a little time because I can't spend too much time like that. Uh, it, it's that sense of, what am I going to do now? You only spend so much time in that question until you say, well, I've got to do something. And you start doing something. And it's when I start doing something that I feel better. Um, I was stressed out. Uh, it's a pandemic. We are all incredibly stressed out right now. And to deny that would be silly. But people are stressed. I'm stressed. Building this facility to help me continue to work, to help me, uh, I actually sat here and had uh, drinks with my brother and my uh, good buddy in Canada just last night. We just sat around for four hours doing this. I built this so I could do these things. It settles me a bit. Uh, a project, cleaning, oh my God. Are you OCD? Are you OCD? Do you like things really clean? I am not OCD. I am the opposite. Of, I collect. I uh, I start, I'm not going to say I'm a hoarder, but boy, I'll look at stuff and I'll go, that's clutter. That's just clutter. I got to go through that and say, I don't have an emotional attachment to any of these things, but it's still good stuff, but it's got to go to like a Goodwill or something. That's right, got to go right. off. This is just garbage. These things I can organize, and now I feel fresh, but that's, that's time consuming. Well, you were a comic book collector, right? You love comics growing up. Now, uh, many guests have commented, I'm like, oh, look, a jerk poster, and it's autographed, and this, and I have autographed things and pictures, and most of them, 99% of them are like, I don't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, you know, I don't, why do, why do I ask somebody I'm working with, or I, why do you need autographs? It's just something I think, I, I, I don't know why, but I love that. Do you get autographs? Do you get pictures? Do you... You are like that. I've got a bit of a collection. Things that things that ring uh, inside me as far as uh, make my my heart move. I've got my Chewbacca autograph, my R two D two, my um, uh, uh, Marty and Doc Brown uh, autograph. I've got my uh, Batman and Robin, the Adam West and uh, uh, I'm sorry, forgetting Dick Ward's name, uh, the Robin character. I can't remember his yeah. name. I'm so embarrassed. But uh, the old-timey one, um, uh, I've got some souvenirs from my different films that I've been in. I, I purchased a home about a little over 10 years ago, and it had a, a trophy case. And I thought, what am I going to do with it? I know exactly what I'm going to do with this. And now all my movie memorabilia are in this like lit mirrored cabinet. Like I remember that because I remember coming to your house for something, and you walk in the front door, and there it was. And I was like, good for him. I'm usually hiding this shit in my podcast room because I try to prove to everybody when they come to my house that I'm a fucking adult. Look, it's a living room. There's no pictures of, po there's no posters. There's no figurines. Just don't go in the podcast room or my office or maybe downstairs. But other than now, that. You haven't, you haven't moved. You're in the same house. Same house. Now, okay. We're, we're still very close by. Um, that house is sort of like a cabin. It's sort of like a castle and it's sort of like a tree house. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of Your fitting. House has adventure written all over. I, I do love it. I'm always thinking, you know, cause during this time and I don't know what's going on. I'm getting in this phase where I'm like, uh, I want to, I want to get, get away. I want to like, people are starting to leave and I'm not saying like leave LA and like, well, yeah, I'm just more like, I need nature. I've been watching that show alone on the, 
History Channel, and I, and I had a guest on here. Same way. What are you looking for, beach or mountains? I think I want like, you know, I like a view in the back or trees or maybe a lake in the back, you know, some water. So like I was looking at Big Bear, actually, because it's like somewhat reasonable. And you go out there and it's nice and maybe snow in the winter. And, you know, I don't know. I just I, I wonder if it's just all midlife crisis shit. Like, oh, you got to get out. You're not. And I think part you don't think so. I don't think that is. I, I have been eyeing property in Canada for years and now I'm actually seriously pursuing it it's it's like it's time it's time I'm I'm going to look now with you know some seriousness and uh, it's something I've always wanted to do I, I I don't think I'll retire and live in Los Angeles I don't think I will I think I will retire and live my summers in uh, western Canada and uh, my winters somewhere warmer and that's my that's my plan I hate to be that guy and I don't think I am but you know, I don't know how healthy LA maybe is for me. Um, I've got my own kind of thing and I, I you know, I, I'm able to write and do, but I'm like, well, you could do a podcast. You could write, you could put yourself on tape. You can go to meetings. You can do whatever you want. You can come back in, you can fly in, you could zoom. If you want, you know, maybe it's, it, maybe my health, I'd feel just better if I was just around nature more. I know that was, it's probably true. We have to, that's, I mean, for some people, I have a friend who just absolutely abhors nature. He wants the city life. He wants a Ugh. suburb. He wants sky rises. It's, it's variations of urban is what he can handle. Um, if he's out camping and there's like a skitter of a creature, it's like, I'm out. I'm out. There's animals out here. It's like he's, <laughs> he can't handle it. I, I want to breathe in that air. I want to see the, the, I want the, the mountains, the lake, the ocean, whatever it might be. I, I want to recharge like that. I want my bare feet on the ground or in the water. I, I want that. I want that recharge. I think that's natural. I know. I see that. I remember just seeing pictures and things that you do with your brother. You go on these excursions. You're so close and you go to scuba diving. I can't go to scuba. I, I can't go scuba diving. I, I'm scared ever since the, pilot episode of smallville and we had to get scuba certified and i had to go under 12 feet of water and be they put like weights on me and then clark had to come save me i freaked out being underwater so much and i just feel claustrophobic and it scares me that i'm gonna have one of those i'm not smart enough i feel like uh are you there still you're there that i'm gonna go yeah, down sorry, I'm, I'm frozen I, i'm gonna go no, down <laughs> i'm gonna go down a certain hard. level and you, you have to decompress or whatever the pressure I worry about that, and I'm like, oh, my God, did I do that? I'm going to end up killing myself. It's scary, scuba diving, is it not? Well, well certainly, if you're claustrophobic and, and, and it's triggering claustrophobia, yeah, that would be scary. I, I'm scared of drowning. I'm terrified of drowning, but I'm not scared of scuba diving. How about snorkeling? That seems pretty cool. It's, I mean, that's the closest thing to being in another world that I've ever experienced. That's another planet. That, like, It's like you have abilities. You can fly around, and it's just... It's, I love the ceremony of it. I love the travel. I love the seeing things. I have the opportunity and I, I love built, making memories like that. And I think it's one of the most fantastic things I can do with the money I've earned is, uh, well, one thing is plan for the future. That's a big thing for me. Plan for the future and uh, make memories, enjoy memories. Do you want to, do you want to, like, listen, I'm 48. I feel like I could ask you this. You're 50. I've been 49, alone. Mr. Back it up. 49. Sorry. You're 49. I'm very grateful. You're grateful. We're, we're all, but you know, my grandma, maybe it's cause my grandma's chirping in my ear and she has been, she goes, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? You'd be such a good dad. You'd be such a good do, A. Do you hear this from your mom and B, do you really think 
you want to get married and have kids or you want to get married? Have you thought, or do you think, you know what? I like being alone and being in relationships every once in a while. And that's how I think I am wired. Uh, as far as my parents' expectations, I think, uh, my parents understand that their choices and their schedule, uh, was good for them and right for them, uh, at their time when the world was a certain way and when their choices were what they were. Uh, my, the world around us, you and I right now is different. Our industry is different. Uh, I'm, I'm a little displaced. Uh, there's a lot of things that are a little bit different, but I think my parents understand that I am not in the same world or on the same schedule. So, and, and they already have two spectacular grandkids that they're really, really pleased with. So that took a lot of pressure off. That's good. But do you think, like, do you ever look in the future and go, you know, maybe I'll get married someday, or uh, I don't know why. Why do I have to get married? Why does it, why, why do you just be with someone? Or, or do you feel that kind of pressure or societal shit? I don't feel pressure, man. And as far as what's going to happen in the future, I mean, I look at my life and I think I never once imagined my life would be exactly what it is right now. Uh, this is the dream for me. I was I was locked up in Canadian winters, depressed as a kid, going, "This is really rotten." I wish I could ride my bike in some sunshine. And I now I live in Los Angeles. I'm I I pretend for a living. I um, we make believe. I mean, boil it down. It's we get together and we do really high quality make believe. I love my job. I love hanging out, meeting people like you. Michael, I'm going to change the subject really quick. It's <laughs> a good call. I, I was just thinking about you when I was just thinking about us, just hanging out as I was getting ready for this podcast. And I have known you for over 20 years. Yeah. I can't remember where we met. I was going to ask you that question too, to start off. I've, I've known you for so long. Well, you were doing uh, a guy growing a pizza place. Two guys growing a pizza place, and you were doing Smallville. Uh, no, I was doing. Well, I was doing the show that didn't do very well. I talked about earlier, and then I was, was doing a show called. I was, uh, well, it was called the Tom Show. Uh. He knows it was bad. It was Tom Arnold, Ed McMahon. I mean, you know, but I had a great time. I, I was right next to Ed McMahon's trailer. He had a Bentley, and I had a Volkswagen bus, 1982. And every day he'd go, Indiana, how are you, sir? And I go. Pretty good, Ed. I, it was so cold last night. I would do a car thing. <laughs> and he would go, how cold was it? I go, so cold, I saw Robin putting his worm in the microwave. Weird, <laughs> wild stuff, Ed. And he would laugh, and he would sleep during rehearsals, and it was just a treat, man. And I loved it. it was, it's a shame that you see what I do. I'm remembering great moments, but the moments that take me out of it are moments that judge me or judge the show that I'm on. It's not living in the moment. It's worried about other uh, external things that I just put that together. So I just told you a funny moment, some great times. I used to take a go kart, yeah. ride the universal rides. I had so much fun. If I think about it, it was probably one of the best times of my life, but I allow other external the piece of shit show. What is this doing? What is this? No one likes it. My family's rude, <laughs> you know, to affect the way I feel. Listen, you know. I read an article that said, what's the difference between lucky people and unlucky people. And they said it was perspective. Well, that's 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 what I said. 
My, my grandmother, one of her favorite sayings, if you said, oh, well, this happened, that wasn't very good. Like, you give her some bad news. She goes, well, at least you got legs. She would say right? stuff. At least you got legs. Hey, are you friends with Justin Trudeau? I, I met Justin Trudeau one time. Uh, he I mean, It was a charity event. This is before he was prime minister. It was a charity event. And it was a pickup hockey game. And he had just got checked up against the boards. And I was kind of right there. And we and he's getting cracked and everybody's laughing. He laughs. He looks at me and he goes, hey, oh, hey, I know you. And then he continued and went off and played uh, hockey. And then I got to meet him a little later on at a at a, at a, uh, a little a dinner. And he was a very pleasant man, very pleasant man. So we met the one time. All right. So, you know, because you know, the Internet, the Internet says, oh, he's friends. Canadians are friends. And uh, you know what really killed me one time is I, I, I told somebody where I was from. They said, oh, hey, do you know? Uh, and I... Come on, man. I'm not going to know your Canadian friend. And it turned out I knew their Canadian friend. You really knew the, their Canadian friend. One time someone said, oh, I'm from Canada. I said, oh, where are you from in Canada? And they, oh, you would never have heard of it. They didn't know I was Canadian. I said, try me. And they said, I'm from uh, Boyle, Alberta. And I said, well, tell me this. Do uh, Brad and Scotty and their family still own the uh, general store and hotel in Boyle? And she, how do you know that? Yeah. Their mom was my mom's best friend. We used to go out to Boyle, Alberta, and we would. They owned the general store, which was connected to the hotel, and that was where we would stay. And we have these adventures out in the country. And have, it just so happened I knew her hometown intimately. By the way, there's a town called Dildo, Newfoundland. Did you know that? I don't know there is. And come by chance. Come by chance. Come by chance. There's a come by chance and a dildo. And uh, fairyland. Fairyland. Kilbride. Well. By the way, in Canada, do they really say we're going for a rip there, bud? You want to go for a rip? Uh, it is. It is said. I mean, <laughs> my buddies didn't say that much. <laughs> they didn't say rips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some people would say that. Yes, yeah. I know Looney and Tooney and Took, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of Canadian you friends. Know what too. a hoser is? Yeah, what is a hoser? I know the word. Hey, hoser from. Uh, yeah, if you were playing hockey. And with your friends and you lost the losers of the game would have to hose down the ice to oh make it fresh for the next yeah so so a hoser is yeah if you're doing a pickup game with just you you've been making an ice rink of, you know in your backyard and you're having hockey games with your buddies you don't have a zamboni so you just rehose the ice so hosers are the losers of the game you wow. lost the game you're a hoser What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, this real quick is called Shit Talking with Rosenbaum. It's really Shit Talking with Nathan Fillion. It's for my patrons. They're awesome. They get to ask some questions. Rapid fire. You just ask them how it is. Uh, Lisa Hall, Flask Girl. Is it true that when you were, weren't the first pick for the role of Firefly and originally Joss wrote the character with Nicholas Brendan in mind, but scheduling conflicts gained you the role? Not true. Not true. Not to my knowledge. There you go. If that, if that was true, Nicholas never told me. Raj, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog is one of my favorite musicals of all time. I even dressed as Captain Hammer for Halloween one year. Raj, you have excellent taste. For the love of all that is holy, please tell me there has been progress on putting together a sequel. I have heard the title 
of a sequel. That is the extent of what I've heard about. Dee Kent, what was it like to work with Sarah Michelle Gellar and David Boreanaz during the last episode of Buffy, and do you still keep in touch with them? Uh, oh my goodness. So I met Sarah Michelle Gellar when we were both uh, young soap stars. She worked down the street on All My Children while I was on One Life to Live. So I'd met her a couple of times. I knew her already, uh, uh, socially. And then uh, David Boreanaz, I had met through actually Nicholas Brendan before uh, their uh, huge, uh, well, actually they were all just having great success on Buffy at the time. And um, when I went to guest on Buffy, I'd already uh, had a couple of dinners with David and uh, and uh, and known uh, Sarah Michelle since the mid '90s. Did you ever date Sarah Michelle Geller, Nathan? Oh, oh n- no, no, never once, never once. I don't know if I believe you, but Liliana <laughs> Jimenez, what has been your favorite character to play? The one character you're like, you know, I know you have a lot of them. I mean, it could be Firefly, it could be Castle, it could be. I mean, there's a million, but what the, is the one? Uh, it's it's really it's really hard to when when someone says what is your favorite what is the ultimate I mean it changes daily so I'm gonna just kind of do a gradient here. Okay. Malcolm Reynolds was indeed an incredible character to play. I had a list of things I wanted to do as an actor. I wanted to uh, shoot a gun. I wanted to ride a horse. I wanted to uh, I, there's all sorts of things I wanted to do on TV. A friend of mine and I just sat down and made our lists and everything I wanted to do on TV, I got to do in the first episode of Firefly and I had to come up with an entirely new list. So as an actor, uh, as a human being, I mean, I was a cowboy, I was a spaceman, I was shooting guns, I was kissing lady. I mean, there was just, there was just no end to the incredible fun that that show was. Uh, However, short-lived. I wish I knew then what I know now, I think I could have done more. You know, you look back and you go, oh, I was, um, now I know different. I know differently how to deal with that choice or what have you. So you try not to go too deep into that. Now on Castle, I had years, close to a decade with which to become intimately connected with a character. Um, yes, he becomes more and more like a goofy me with every passing month. But um, there was a lot of freedom there to uh, improvise. There was a lot of freedom to try things. Uh, Castle was very entertaining. He was very childlike. So uh, comedy was, I got to have a lot of, we did a lot of comedy. We did a lot of comedy. We weren't considered a one hour drama, yet we weren't a comedy. Go figure, Hmm. how do you explain? All right, so I understand what you're saying. That you've played many characters, but it sounds like you know those two characters really. There was some incredible value in those characters. Yeah. At the same time, I had never sung like that uh, for the public in such a way. So Captain Hammer, yes, uh, there was. Um, I mean, what can I say? Everything I've done has such a value for me. It's how how to pick. Ray Ass. <coughs> I just wanted to do that. Ray Asselin. I wanted to cough in between Ass and Alin. I bet he never gets that. I'm immature. Will he be uh, playing Green Lantern again? Uh, will I be voicing him? Uh, uh, probably. I, I wouldn't say no. Uh, they they are very kind about inviting me in to go and and do those things every once in a while. And if it's uh, if it works, uh, I always jump at it. Lisa, little Lisa, Lisa Williams. Did you keep any props or wardrobe from the Firefly set? Absolutely. What'd you keep? 
I, uh, I have uh, one of our walkie-talkies from Firefly. I have my holster and my gun. I uh, have a, not the original coat, but someone made me a, uh, a, a mock-up coat, a Malcolm Reynolds uh, brown coat. Um, what else do I have? Some of the gold bars. We had these gold bars that turned out to be food, protein bars. I had a couple of those. Uh, some Firefly money. You're like me. Uh, I keep everything. My my castmates always make fun of me. Oh, Rosamond's going to take that. <laughs> Wendy Feldblum. I just have to read this one. First thought, oh my God, Nathan Fillion. Can I be your cougar? No need to ask, but total first thought. So there it is, just like that. Nice Wendy, to, nice thank you. Dave, Dave P, Plavi, any chance for another Serenity movie? Get Joss back to his roots? I would like that. You'd think it was I mean, a no-brainer. There's always a chance. I, I've learned. Never say never. I never have expectations. I'm learning from this conversation, Nathan. Steph Alexander, can you give us any clues about your TDK character in Suicide Squad? Uh, clues. Um, yeah. Probably not the first guy you'd want to call on in an emergency. Oh, I like that. And looks remarkably young for his age. This sounds like a fun role. Oh my God, listen, here's another thing I think is fantastic about this industry. Now, getting started is not easy and it's not fun all the time. Not every experience can be pleasant. And sometimes you have to wade through a little bit of garbage to get to the good stuff. Um, and as you, as you elevate in projects, the level of professionalism, I think, comes up too. So when you're swimming down at the bottom, I think you kind of encounter a little kind of crap here and there. But boy, oh boy, as you build up, you meet people along the way and everybody continues to keep on going up. And these relationships continue and you watch people build their careers and they they say, hey, let's do, let's work together again. Yeah. I was in one of James's first films. I, I learned so much from working with James Gunn. And uh, one of the most important things I think I learned was I'll work for this guy anytime. I will work for him anytime. And I have. Me too. Yeah. No, I, I love I love him. I mean, it's just, you know, I was supposed to do a small part on Suicide Squad. And I was so bummed because I just had neck surgery. And I was like so bummed I couldn't do yeah, it. I just I always want to go it play. Was TDK and I got it. Thank you very much for that. I don't think it was TDK. It wasn't. It was. The no, it was he, a told me, it was... Told me, he told me that. It's uh, <laughs> not true. Rosie couldn't make it. <laughs> so too bad. But you're the best. I'm Sorry, Rosie. You know, because we knew for James when he was like, you know, I knew him. Well, you know him since before Slither. I think I've known him for quite a while. But like, well, we Slither just... is where we met, James and I. You met on Slither. We met on Slither. I auditioned for Slither. And I said, where are you going to film? And he said, oh, we're going to go up to Vancouver. I said, oh, great. I'm Canadian. He said, really? <laughs> well, I should, that was it. We'll save money. He'll live there. Uh, Matthew Jackson, do you approach motion capture acting differently from traditional acting? Buck from Halo comes to mind as they use your likeness and voice. That was very interesting. I only did a couple of motion capture scenes. Uh, that's kind of distracting. Thank God. Uh, oh, my God. The gentleman his name he's he's brilliant he's uh he played luke cage in the tv series what was his name oh ryan and, you know. and in halo he's mike locked. mike what coulter coulter mike coulter thank you very much what a polite gentleman what a classy guy uh one of those guys who uh, 
understands work and has it locked down. He knows how to do his job. So uh, we're wearing these weird headgears with dots painted all over our faces and trying to have this like totally serious conversation. Like It was odd and distracting and something I'd never experienced before. So thank God for him because, boy, he can really bring the gravitas. He brings it <laughs> down, man. He is, everything he says is carved in stone. Like, it's great. Um, but I only had to do a couple of scenes. After that, they put you in a rig with 36 cameras and they make you do all these different expressions and then all these different sounds, make an E sound like you're happy, make an E sound like you're angry, make an E sound like you're sad. And all the vowels, all the you got to run them all through and they learn how to puppeteer your face with wow. all these dots and all these cameras. They And then they go in and they do that later for it. Just so you don't have to, I mean, you, you act it out? Do you act things out? A couple of scenes I did, but the that, rest of them I didn't. Wow. They're, they're literally puppeteering. Uh, Leanne Pritchett, who are your personal heroes, Nathan? I will say that my brother and my dad, my parents, uh, I, uh, these are people, these are, I mean, we, we look at our parents and I think we take them for granted all the time, but if you can stick, take a step back and see your parents for the human beings, the people that they are, um, you see their sacrifice, see, see what they've done, see how, what they've built, take inventory for them, understand their journey a little bit. Uh, I'm really impressed with the, I think I'm a good guy. I'm really impressed by my brother and his kids are phenomenal. When I would look at all this that my parents have built, I'm incredibly impressed. I really like my family. I like hanging out with my family. Uh, that wouldn't be possible without my parents' guidance. They made sure of that. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. It's something I can't really relate to, but uh, sort of with my grandparents. You know, my grandparents, they were that. They definitely were. Um, just always, pe people are always welcome there. It was so easy to hang out with them. They were just even keeled, supportive. Um, yeah, that's, that's huge. Oh, Last so. question here from the shit talk and Nancy Davis, what is the role you drop everything to play? And I'm going to add to that a role you drop everything to play or a director that you haven't worked with that you would drop everything to work with. Uh, I'm so terrible at this game because I'm so bad with the names. It's not um, a game. This is serious. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Who, who, who? Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Thank you, Wes Anderson. Thank you. I would do any Wes Anderson. Who would you would be I perfect would. in a movie like that? I'm looking at you now, and I can just see you in a movie like that. I love their kind of dramatic, underplayed honesty. It's almost like school play kind of uh, honesty. It's so subtle, uh, and yet obscure and odd. I just love the tone of those films. I would. I, I mean, who wouldn't you work for? Who wouldn't you work for? There's so many people I would love to. I'd love to work with Clint Eastwood. I would love to work with Tom Cruise. I would love to work with Ben Affleck. I would love to work with, I, 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 name it. How about Ryan Reynolds? Let me tell you something. I am so happy for that guy. Ryan is one of those people who has always just been deserving. Ryan has always been deserving. He works really hard. He works really, really hard. He is no stranger to dedication. And he's always been kind. That's just, when I watch, when I see people succeed, it's, it's amazing that people can succeed. If people have that kind of success and they're deserving of it, I just feel like something's right with the world. 
And I, I love and I marvel looking at what that man has built and who he continues to be to this day. What a, what a gem. Yeah, he seems that way. And you guys, do you still keep in touch? Yeah, he's a wonderful guy. He's a wonderful guy. Wow. You know, what's, what's the, what do you think the end game is for you? Like, uh, do you see yourself, one of those guys is 94 years old, having a stroke on the set, and that's how it ends? Or do you retire, <laughs> do you retire and go, uh, go move out to the middle of nowhere and you disappear at the age of 70? You know, you said earlier I, you, that you have no interest in running away from L.A. or anything like that, and nor do I. But there will come a time when it's time for us to leave, when there will be nothing left for us here. Or if they need us, they can just call us. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what we really need is a Nathan Fillion type. Is he still acting? Because I know he's really old. And they can just call me and say, hey, would you be willing to come and do something here? Or if it's a voiceover, I can do it from wherever I am. And because I'll be set up, you know, I will. But uh, <laughs> my plan my plan is to, uh, like I said, I was interested in, in a, I, I am interested in, I'm from Canada. And Western Canada is some of my favorite places in the world are in Western Canada. Um so I'd like to retire with a place there, but I'd also like a place off in Europe, somewhere a little warmer. I'd like a place somewhere south where I could do some easy scuba diving. Uh, I would like to have little places that I frequent and just go between, travel with my brother, with my family, with we'll all be retired or just whatever, whatever. I want to have like a kind of a coast and just call me when you need me. How long is the mustache going to stay on? It's a love-hate relationship. Have you ever done a beard or a mustache? I've had little beards and things. My mustache is it's kind of blonde, so it kind of looks funky. I, I don't look, I mean, you, that's a real, that's rich. That's uh, sort of Tom Selleck back in the day, rich, Thanks, very. Man. And I just trimmed it back. It was it was really low. It was covering my entire bottom. I didn't know I could grow a mustache. Uh, so a little bit's a thrill. Uh, I'm gonna tell, it's a love-hate relationship right now. I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest. It gives me something to do and to think about that's not the pandemic. And I'm just kind of all for that. I've got all sorts of little hobbies, goofy things I'm doing. Michael, I can't even tell you. Just stuff that entertains me when I go, look what I did. Well, how long did that take you? All told, probably, uh, you know, 36 hours. But, you know, you don't do it in one sitting. You just spread it all out. But I, this is the goofy stuff I'm doing. Are you filming things? Are you filming, Rookie? Not right now, no. The plan is to go back in the end of September, but we'll see how that works out. We're trying to make it safe. Do you think it's going to change in terms of like all the stuff that happened, you know, with the, you know, just the movement and everything with the police and all that? Do you think there's going to be have to do a lot of writing to sort of cater to that to be of what's happening today? Do you think that's going to happen with the show? Well, we've always tried to be an aspirational show. Uh, and I think that makes us a little different as far as cop shows go. Uh, we're trying to be just a little more what we're trying, I guess what we're trying to, I mean, I hate to speak for the show, but in trying to be a little more truthful with police shows, we are, although trying to be aspirational, understanding and realizing now uh, that the experience that we are depicting is not everyone's experience. We are trying to do what is right as we all as a culture are educating ourselves and learning as to what is the right thing to do. And that's, that's our goal. What are you watching right now? What are you binging? Um, what, what? what are you binging? What are you binging? 
Oh, what am I binging? Um, <laughs> give me okay, that look. I, uh, give me that look one I more time. I watched Game of Thrones. Um, wow. A number of documentaries. Favorite uh, character, real quick, on Game of Thrones. Favorite character. Don't say Tyrion because he's everybody's favorite. Oh, I'm not. She's not not my favorite. I, I on the count of three, we're going to say our favorites. It's, it's wait, gonna, wait, wait, give me a second. Give me a right, second. I am. Um, I'm not going to do it right now. But got it's gonna, it. Got it. Right. All right. Go gonna, here, here's what's coming. We're going to go like this. We're going to go one, two, three. The name. Gotcha. Ready? One, two, three. Hound. Tywin Lannister. Ooh, wow. That was a. That's a. He was intense. That icy cold stare. I would love to work with that man. I would love to work. With I would that. love to work with the hound. You're a cunt. You're a cunt. You're a cunt. Yeah, that was a good character. Oh, the hound. I just loved him. I just wanted him to. He was like, just as if the better a person you were back then, the less your chances were of surviving. Oh, yeah. That was such a good show. And people, you know, criticize. Even I did. I was like, what, what the hell happened in this final season? But I'll tell you what. There's a couple episodes in there that you're like, wow. So even if. The final episode went to shit. It still was one of the best series, if not the best series of all time, if you ask me. Now, you see, this is where uh -oh. I will disagree with a lot of people. I am the kind of person, I mean, look at any beloved series. It has to come to an end. Pardon me. It has to come to an end. Who has ever been happy with the end? Jim Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't this been great? Uh, you asked me a question, but you also could have told me how to answer it. So, yes. Is this great? Are you having a fun it's time? Been great. Hasn't it? <laughs> well, I didn't say it like that. Buddy, you look amazing. About 15 years ago, you stopped aging. Yeah, right. I definitely don't think I look over my age, but I sometimes feel twice my age, physically, sometimes. You know, my back will tell me to slow down every once in a while. That's right? what happens. And I think, you know, you always hear that. It's so cliche to hear from, like, your grandparents and your parents. Like, oh, you know what? I feel the same. I don't even know why I'm 70. I don't feel 70. Tell me this. It's true. Uh, when you first started on Smallville, were you like, oh, I want to do all my, I want to do my own stunts and all those mm, things? That was a problem. I did a lot of them. Yeah, I still feel it. Oh, yeah. I, I would always, even, like, on comedies and movies like Sorority Boys or this or Bringing Down the House or whatever, I would do my own stunts and I'd do Pratt Falls and, and after a while. I look back and I go, I wish I wouldn't have done all those things. There was a bit you had in Sorority Boys. That <laughs> you watched it? Where you and the guys are fighting. And there's a, a moment where your character is truly upset about something. And he said, yeah, because I don't have calves like yours. Like, <laughs> you are this shit like a slut. Because I don't have your calves. Like, you just... But it was such a funny moment. But your, you, your character was so upset. Like the honesty in it. I thank you for mentioning Sorry Boys because I don't think anybody saw it, but you know, there are some people. It's a little occult. Buddy, you are very good at your job. Hey, I appreciate it. I, I, I look, you're obviously great at your job and people love you. And, you know, I just, I look, I, you're really, I've always admired you and you've always been such a kind person. And I know we don't get to see each other a ton. And maybe this is the first time in a while, but I hope I get to see a lot more of you. I think you're uh, fantastic. And I wish you. All the best, continued success, and uh, you know you got to give Jeff my love. And when this is over, I'd love to come and check out your collection of things at your house. You got it, buddy. I love that it's been over twenty years and we're still connected. This tickles me. I love it. Thanks for allowing me to be inside of you today, my friend. It's called inside of you. Anyway, I haven't said that in a while. I thought I'd say it. <laughs> See you, buddy. Love you, man. Love you too. 
Hey, I hope you enjoyed that, Nathan Fillion. Thank you again, everyone, for listening and uh, subscribing and supporting the podcast, whether you like the guest or not, just listening to good conversations between two people and learning something. Hopefully that's what you're about. Thanks to all the patrons. Thanks uh, for uh, just being so supportive. I mean, it's really tremendous, and I hope it continues so I could do this forever, and you guys could be here forever with me. The handles are at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram and Facebook, and at Inside of You Pod mm-hmm. on Twitter. I'm also at Michael Rosen Bum on Twitter. It wouldn't fit. <laughs> so, Bum and the Michael Rosen Bum on Instagram. So, that's it. Also, uh, the Inside of You store, Inside of You online store. Lot, lots of great stuff. Um, we're almost out. I think we have like one tumbler left, a couple of coffee mugs, but I'm getting new coffee mugs. They're being shipped here in a week. Tons of wine glasses, and they're pretty badass. And all this stuff, for the most part, once I get through it, I, I don't reorder. So uh, there's still shirts and stuff available. So check that out. Uh, the last, the 26th, December 26th at 2 p.m. and 6 p.m., we're doing a stage it show, another one, our final one of the year. Rob and I playing some covers and music, holiday, maybe some holiday songs. But oh. uh, come on, follow us on Stage It. Go to stageit.com, type in uh, Michael Rosenbaum, and you could uh, follow me and you'll be uh, aware when we have shows. Here's the patron shout outs. Can we have some dramatic music here? Dun, 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 dun. Here we go. Nancy D, Leah S, Trisha F, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P, Robin S. Jerry W, Emily K, Robert B, Jason W, Stephen J, Kristen K, not Kristen Krook, Amelia O, Allison L, Jess J, Lucas M, Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, Samantha M, Jennifer N, Jackie P, Stacy L, Carly H, Jennifer S, Janelle B, Carrie B, Tabitha272, not to be confused with. Tabitha273. Ashley R, Kimberly E, Crystal H, Mike E, Marissa N, Jack S. Jackass. No, Jack S. <laughs> Slater. I love Slater. Ramira. Beth B. Santiago M. Sarah F. Chad W. Leanne P. Roshan. Roshan R. Ray A. Maya P. Maddie S. Tiffany I. Kendrick F. Ashley E. Margie M. Shannon. Matt W. Belinda N. Kevin V. James R. Chris H. Anusha W. Osborne. Osborne H. Gabby M. Dave H. Samantha S. Spider Man Chase. Sheila G. Not to be confused with Sheila E. Correct. Mm-hmm. Ray H. Alice Alyssa C. Tabitha T. Not to be confused with Tabitha the 272. 272. Uh, Misha H. Deb A. Hi, Deb. Tom and Natalie 622. Not to be confused with and Natalie 623. That's right. Allie B. Not to be confused with Allie McBeal. Allie G. Oh. I was hoping. <laughs> Henry S. Katie F. Daniela V. Liliana A. Joseph C. Michelle K. Maddie Wags. Uh, you guys are all amazing and uh, couldn't do it without you. So thanks for your endless support. Um, we had some new patrons that I messaged and I've uh, got some new ideas maybe brewing for the new year. So uh, and then Bryce has something brewing for the end of the year. Big thanks to everybody for listening. Great guests coming up next week. Erica Durant's Lois Lane. Finally, she's on the show. It's going to be great. So make sure you tune in. And uh, thanks for tuning in and supporting the podcast uh, from Ryan myself thanks for allowing me to be inside of all of you and we'll see you next time thank you guys if i look tired i am so don't comment he looked really tired are you okay michael yeah i am (laughs) see you guys i'm fine i'm fine it's been a fucking year Uh, it's been a fucking long year 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.